0: W-T-L It's time! W-T-L I think we got a show. Oh yeah,
1: we got a show. W-T-L And welcome back everybody to W-T-L, Where's the Lion? I'm your host, Andy Class, joined by... Gibran. The <laughs> <LeBron>. Pounder. <laughs> you know it, we're back, we're back. <laughs> yes we are, Nebraska's first and only sports betting show... And you know what? March is right here. It's yeah. right upon us. So I think we need to talk a little NCAA basketball. You got some. We got some big games here. Yes, one in the Big do. 12,
2: one in the Big East, and then one in the Big 10. The
1: Big 10. Yeah, let's touch all the bases. Yeah. And we can leave ACC out of this one. They get enough uh, limelight, especially on the East Coast. Yeah, we, East we, Coast,
2: we, is that's all SEC and ACC. Yeah, We're here in the
1: middle. Yeah, let's do that. Let's So let's start <laughs> with a top 10 matchup. Yeah. I'm talking Kansas Jayhawks. I'm talking Texas... Longhorns. I don't know if anyone really expected Texas to be this good, this fast, but they are number nine in the nation, holding on to a twenty-two and seven overall record. Yeah, and they're going to be hosting Kansas here Saturday, three p.m. Central Time on ESPN. That's at the Moody Center. We know all about the Moody Center. Yep, Creighton played a heck of a game there earlier this (laughs) season. They did gave Texas all they wanted, but the Longhorns did prevail. Jabron, what do you make of this one? Yeah, and the crazy thing about this, Andy, is
2: that Texas is only one game back in the Big 12 standings behind Kansas. Mm -hmm. So, Kansas really isn't pushed this often in the Big 12 like this. So, I really like (laughs) the Kansas Jayhawks come out here and kind of make this a point that we are still the blue blood. We still are the best team in the Big 12. And looking at ESPN Match Predictor right now, they have... Texas winning this game by 70%, which well, I know that they're uh, going to be favored. That's yeah. why I'm leaning a little bit towards Kansas, because I know it's going to be plus money.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of like the plus money bets, too, there. Um, but And you're not surprised that Texas has picked oh, to win, sure just not. the margin that they're looking at right now. I do have to say, Jalen Wilson is yeah. a beast. I mean, everyone knows about him averaging 20 points per game. For me, it's the eight rebounds that come along with it. I just yeah. don't know if the Longhorns really can match up with a, a double-double guy like that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Texas' best rebounder it averages just over five and a half a game. So yeah. you, you can't bang with Kansas and not have a guy averaging at least 10 rebounds as what I've came to see in the Big 12 there. So, uh, no, I love Jalen Wilson. I love Grady Dick. The – it just seems that Kansas mm-hmm. has big players, and uh, Texas is more of a guard-driven team, which is going to be uh, not as good matchups for Texas.
1: And that's what everybody's going to want to say. Is, well, what about Marcus Carr? Yeah. What about Marcus Carr? I, I mean, he's scoring 17 points a game. That's great. Yeah. Uh, four assists. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good, but pretty that's, good. That's,
2: that's their best player. Yeah. And like we said, Jalen Wilson's averaging 20, Grady Dick right behind him, mm-hmm. and then he's also pouring in those eight rebounds, and then yep. they're – Guard averages close to seven assists. Marcus Carr only at four. So I really think Kansas is the better team. Obviously, they are right now. Uh, this is going to be a fun one, but it I is. got the Jayhawks in a tight one. Oh,
1: my God. And we're starting off agreeing. I can't <laughs> believe this. Uh, and <laughs> That happened very often. And if the point spread gets stretched out, like yeah. this point predictor is kind of uh, you know laying the for groundwork sure. for that, yeah, definitely take Kansas in the points. Yeah. Should we move on to the Big East? Let's do it. Our Creighton Blue Jays, man, they are struggling. This is the 8 o'clock game on Saturday. Yeah. FS1, going to head out to Chicago, take on the, what are the Blue Demons? The DeBall. Blue Demons. The Blue Demons, and... <laughs> Much like the matchup predictor, ESPN predictor, uh, Creighton has an 86% chance of winning this, according yeah. to the higher-ups at ESPN. It obviously should. They, they're they you know a lot higher in the
2: in the Big East standings, mm-hmm. with DePaul only winning three conference games so That's unbelievable, far. yeah. But you look down the list, Andy, at their last five games, they just played Marquette to six, they just played Butler to one, mm-hmm. and they went into double overtime with the St. John's Red Storm. So yeah. these guys are no pushover, just like every other team in the Big East. That's true. But... Uh, Creighton has to battle back. They had a rough game against Villanova, like you said. But yeah. DePaul doesn't stand a chance here. Kalkbrenner, Nimhard, they're going to be up for this game. It's <laughs> uh, right before the tournament. This is one yeah. of their last games in Big East regular season. they got to come out to play, and it's going to happen.
1: Creighton needs this win. You made a great point there. Creighton needs this win for a conference uh, tournament. Yeah, just for their seating. Yes. I mean, especially if they want to end the season on a high note and get a good draw in the ultimate tournament, you know, when we're talking yeah. March Madness, uh, they need to make some noise in the conference tournament now, dropping three of their last four. I think everyone can see, okay, you lose to Providence in yeah. double overtime. That makes sense. You'll lose to a top 10 Marquette team. That makes sense. Uh, by two. Yeah, I by mean that, two. With a chance to win it. That. That three by it tray. was a lot of fun. It was right there. It was yep. great. Yep, we were there. That was a great game. It was the Villanova game that was a head scratcher.
2: Yeah, and it just seemed like they were low energy after that Marquette loss. You know, that one of those losses really takes it out of a team when you push a team that's in the top yeah. ten to the final shot of the game and then yeah. come up short. It, had it, it, it could had be, it could be, you know, something that really sets a team on fire, Mm -hmm. but if you lose that game, it can put you in that hole that, you know, you don't have energy for that next game. So I really expect him to bounce back. You know, Greg McDermott, he's going to have him ready to play. And DePaul is a very, very... Not as good team as Creighton.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're lacking, even compared to Villanova. And that was kind of a trap game, even a trap game setup. Oh, no doubt. Like you said, you drop the game to the Golden Eagles, okay, uh, so you're not feeling good. Then you got to go out to Philadelphia and play a team that everyone's telling you, oh, you're going to beat them, you're going to beat them. Well, Villanova's kind of trending the other direction right now. For sure. So I I just kind of felt like that was a bad spot. For the Creighton Blue It tournament. was, it was. And we both expect, oh my God, we're, we're agreeing again? Yeah, we but, might disagree on this last hmm. one, I bet. You think so? I do. All right, well, let's move on to the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Sunday tip-off. The Nebraska Cornhuskers, the surging yeah. Nebraska Cornhuskers against the stare Down, the Fran Staredown Iowa, Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Once again, the predictor is big on the Hawkeyes here. I guess I understand why they're 19 11, 20 and 11 right now, but they're still just a couple games above 500 within the conference. Just about where Nebraska's at.
2: Yeah, it's crazy to look at the Big Ten records right now. And, you know, literally from like four to down to Nebraska at 12, mm-hmm. it's two games separating. Yeah. So it, it the Big Ten has been so fun to watch this year. But it, it kind of sucks in the other regard that we're not <laughs> – Purdue is our best team in the Big Ten, and they're going to end up being like a four or five seed because right. they keep dropping yeah. uh, games. And Maryland is right behind them. Uh hey, they, they dropped and they, a game and we they, and, saw they, that. and they're gonna be like a ten seed is what I'm saying. So yeah. these Big Ten teams aren't gonna be very well seated in the big dance. But uh like you said about Nebraska, winning, you know, five of their last five, uh they come in really hot, and I just think it's time for that letdown right before the Big Ten tournament, and Iowa will end up beating them big time.
1: Yeah, Nebraska's won four of the last five. Iowa has won only three of their last five and I don't know. That win against Michigan State, that was just goofy. Yeah. That was weird. It was. And no one, everyone wanted to talk about it and was, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. The Fran staring down the official, that was just bizarre. It was. And I, I feel like when people say, well, why are kids, why are 12-year-olds acting like this out on the court and, and <laughs> kicking their cleats in the batter's box and stuff? Well, yeah, look at the coach. Look, look at, at the a, coach. Look, look at a at, Big Ten coach at and every Hal.
2: NBA player ever. Uh, yeah, that's the reason they're doing it. Um Yeah. No, I just think this is a big spot for Iowa. I I, I don't like saying it. Obviously, I hate Iowa. Um, Oh, it makes sense. I love Nebraska. It's just. I, I just know they're going to run out of this juice at one point, mm. and I know them playing on Tuesday night with yeah. senior night, they're going to spend all their energy on that game to get that win yeah. and then come in Sunday to Iowa just a, a little dead, I think, and, yeah. then, and the Hawkeyes are going to pounce You're on that. You're
1: just pulling this out of me, aren't you, you Yeah, Jabron? Yeah. Ignorant schmuck. Let's go. I mean, Nebraska's been winning <laughs> games when all of them haven't been uh, clicking anyway. Yeah. Sam's had a bad game here and there. Uh, KC. Uh Tamanaga, he's been off. Yep. I mean, he hasn't been shooting true just for the entirety of a whole game. Yeah. I, I think Nebraska has found something here where they don't have to play their best game. They can have a hiccup and still go on the road and win. I might just want to take the points here because I do believe Hawkeyes will be a heavy favorite here. I just think the Huskers, like last year and the previous year, yeah. I just like betting the Huskers on covering. They're just ending
2: mm-hmm. right, yeah. And, and like you said, this is probably going to be an eight-nine point spread, yeah. Uh, especially oh, yeah. for Iowa, their last game of yep. the season. I just the only thing I like is Chris Murray for Iowa. He's a legit scorer, yes, he is. and yes. Nebraska. You can say whatever you want about Tom It's still not. You know, it's still not consistent. He can come out and score 25 to 30, but when will he show up? When will that
1: happen? This Chris Murray does it night in, night out. Yeah. I mean, he has an entire season body of work here. Yes. Tom is just coming on as of late. But his last five, he has been on fire. He has been piling up the points. I think the biggest discrepancy here is how many points scored per game. Yeah, Iowa's pouring in over 80 And Nebraska's sitting there at 67. Correct. It's just too big of a discrepancy there, and the line's probably going to reflect that. For sure. And
2: it's going to have to be one of those drag-out games, really good defensive for the Huskers, and then, you know, Casey or Sam Greasel having a good game for them to be in this game and then to to push them to win. So I I like the Hawkeyes in a landslide, but, you know, I'll be cheering
1: for the Red. All right, and I'm taking Nebraska on the points. Give it to me. All righty, that'll about do it for this segment. Before we let everybody go, let's take a in to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. What do you got going on over there? Obviously, the Taco Vesa, Taco Vesa. like I do every week. Light, crisp, easy drinking beer. You know, it's kind of a summer beer, and lucky for you, we're getting into March. So. Taco Tuesday, baby. There you go, Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I'm rocking the Cardinal. The Pale Ale, one of my favorites, one of their flagship beers, can't go wrong. Once again, Nebraska Brewing Company, world-class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. And welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? I'm your host, Ann. D class and joined by Gibran. Oh, <laughs> the parlay pounder. You got it. You got it. We're back. Now, before we look any further ahead, and we're going to talk some XFL. Yeah. A lot of fun here getting into week three. Some mm-hmm. former players that we know and coaches yeah. that we've seen before. Of course. Uh, should we
2: talk about some hits and misses? Yeah, let's do it, Andy. And I just got to. Kind of stick my foot in my mouth for last week. I was so high on the Creighton Blue Jays going yeah. into Villanova and just whooping some butt. It it backfired big on me mm-hmm. with the bookie this weekend. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. They were a two and a half point favorite. They were number nineteen in the nation at the time, yeah. yep. and Villanova, you know, is you know kind of in the bottom of the pack of the Big East right now. So right. I really thought it was a good way for the Creighton Blue Jays to get back on top, get back rolling, yeah. going into March, yeah. and it just backfired on me. They were two and a half point favorite, and they lost by twelve.
1: Nah, and we put it out on on YouTube Shorts. You yeah. you put a disclaimer in there. You're saying, look, Villanova is not the pushover everyone's saying they are. Yeah. It's just they're not a national championship, defending national championship yeah. type of contender yeah that's all and i kind of feel like you know we looking back at it creighton got put in kind of a trap game scenario there Yeah, a little bit of a hangover losing to a top 10 team at home game they could have won had chances to win yeah against marquette yeah uh and the line was only at two and a half and it got me too i thought you know what creighton can win by three they're kind of known for winning by three yeah and it looked like a get back game for me instead it ended up going the other direction now. yeah for sure Andy and yeah
2: you just hate to see that especially when a team's playing so well they were like you said they just came out sluggish in the first half yeah uh losing the first half 38 to 24 and they made a run they in did. the second half they but did. it just wasn't enough to pull within 10 to you know really get that going so nope that
1: was my big yeah. miss
2: of the weekend all right and
1: I can see mm. your uh um, blank eating grin over there let's yeah. get into one of your hits yeah and the biggest was... hit of the weekend <laughs> happened from saudi arabia uh, man uh fury landed a few hits a few combos i don't know he if was cutting them
2: up jake paul
1: yeah could, uh, counter
2: yeah and i can't say too much <laughs> man like uh i just i just took the boxer over the influencer uh you know jake paul i just yeah. i just don't like him i don't like the way that he Handles himself, carries himself, talks, but I think it's all a show. He's he's an influencer. That's how they do it. And I think he wants people to kind of hate him as well. So yeah, he's like the bad guy persona, and he does a really good job of it. Yeah, and if you look at the split on the money, uh, he he actually won by a landslide because he twenty three million. I think he takes (laughs) he he plus twenty three million. He takes a lot more money from the fight than the actual winner does. So no, uh, that was a good bet that I that I hit this weekend was Tommy Fury over Jake Paul. And I took
1: Jake Paul, so that was yeah. one of my misses. <laughs> and I was really listening to a lot. Like I, I did my homework on that. A yeah. lot of guys were telling me, no, nah, Jake Paul is legit. He was the favorite. And yeah. I think that line that first time I looked at it was like minus 175, minus 180. And, yeah. boy, was it dropping the closer it got to fight time. I was thinking – that doesn't look good, and, and then <laughs> the, the big podcaster guy, uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah, man, he was he was all over Fury, saying that guy's a legit boxer. And the more I heard that, I'm like, oh no, no. Yeah, Rogan <laughs> knows
2: his combat sports for sure. So no, I, I rode with Rogan on that one, and it turned out to be good for me.
1: To my credit, it yep. was a split decision, so I didn't lose by a lot. Yeah, yeah,
2: yep. Yeah. Agreed, uh-huh. agreed, agreed, agreed. Right, can you give me? He that? dropped him in the last <laughs> round. Uh, Jake Paul dropped him in the last round. It looked more of a slip to I me, but it, knew it, you're going to. A split decision. It yeah. was a slip. So, <laughs> nope. That was one of my big hits, and I was glad it happened. All
1: righty. Let's talk about. Let's look, let's look ahead. Okay. <clears throat> why, why do we got to dwell on? Yeah, music? I'm not. Okay, I'm not okay. dwelling okay. anymore. Your St. Louis BattleHawks yeah. coming off a big win, crazy win, twenty to eighteen over the Seattle Sea Dragons. Yep. Uh, and we're going to talk about their uh, game against the DC Defenders who also won yep. last week 18 to 6 over the Vegas Vipers. I watched a little bit of both of these games. Yeah. And it's
2: good football. It's fun football. It's a lot of fun, Andy. And like you said, teams both coming off wins. The defenders are obviously the two-point favorite here, being at home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the BattleHawks Hawks rode underdogs for the second consecutive week as they look to improve to 3-0, mm-hmm. like you said. And I just have to say, it, A.J. McCarron is the best player in this league. Yeah, I've been saying it since week one. <laughs> He is going to – He's. he looks like Tom Brady in his prime in New England against these other teams. So, then why uh, is he so
1: far behind all the time? He's so good. Because he... he
2: likes the dramatic fourth-quarter comeback. He likes okay. going for three, going for four. Oh, here we go. Um, no. Right. Uh, but I do like the battle hawks again on the road. But this is going to be a close game, Andy. I'm looking at this like 17 to 15. Okay, battle hawks.
1: That sounds like an XFL score, too. It, 17 to 15. Exactly. I, like that. I don't and, know how
2: you get there, but you will, right? McCarran is facing an aggressive defensive coordinator at uh, yeah, yeah. from DC, which could lend itself to a turnover or two. But take the defenders on, uh, you know, to keep this game close, but look at that under two, Andy, because that might be where my favorite bet is, and it's all the way down to 35.5 right now, Yeah, but I think it's going to go under.
1: Yeah, it probably will just because DC, and I'm looking at an article right here saying they are a legit defense, yes. and it's in their name, right? The yeah. defenders, and it seems like the coaching staff kind of built that team that way. They drafted to that point, yeah. Uh, uh, it might have been them had three sacks on both quarterbacks last week so a total of six sacks I mean that's that's getting after it uh smelling blood in the water and really yeah. kind of rolling the dice too like you're For just sure. you're just leaving your corners out there man to man and saying their pass rush is going to get home And thus far for D.C., it has. Yeah, Andy. And the way
2: that you look at their offense, they're a two-quarterback system, both Mm -hmm. running quarterbacks. Uh, Them plus their running back accounted for 229 yards and two touchdowns last game. Yeah. So you know that they're going to run the clock. I think it's going to run out on them uh, with a very low score in this one. So I think... I'm going with the Battle Hawks, but I really like the under as the best bet.
1: Okay, I'll go along with that. And Abram Smith is really their their big time running back. For sure, young man made some noise for the Baylor Bears. Had a really good campaign uh, before he before he left the Big Twelve, and now he's showcasing his talents in the XFL, and he's probably going to get a look from the NFL. Now it's I think it's working kind of like uh, Dwayne Johnson envisioned. Yeah, it's just supposed to be the G League for the NFL. It's supposed to be
2: you know the, right. the recruiting process for the guys that need a second chance or don't
1: make the pros right out of college. So yep. I really like it. It's fun football and a lot of fun rules as well. All right, and look at the unders. And the unders have been hitting pretty consistently with the yeah. XFL, which now you're going to start seeing some consistent lines getting into week three. For sure. All right, so we move on to the San Antonio Brahma's. Yeah. Coming off a win, beating the Orlando Guardians. That was the biggest discrepancy or biggest yeah. uh, margin of victory last week in the XFL. The Brahmas over the Orlando Guardians, 30-12. to Taking on the Roughnecks, who, too, are coming off a win over the Renegades, 23-14. to Yeah, uh, Roughnecks at home,
2: Houston at home, obviously. They're a 4.5-point favorite on my book right now, Andy, mm-hmm. with a minus 200 money line, over-under sitting at 37.5. Um I think there's going to be multiple touchdowns scored in this game, so I'm looking a little bit at that over, Andy, but I don't know if it'll quite get there. So my pick for this game is Houston 24, San Antonio 17. They're covering that spread for sure.
1: Yeah, everything I'm looking at right now is saying Houston. Houston's the team to beat in the XFL, uh, undefeated right Um, And it looks like they play the cleanest brand of football right now. Their coaching staff also is not catching heat like other coaching staffs are as far as understanding the logistics, understanding these new – I don't want to call them zany, but different rules to the game. It's just not the the way that
2: football's been played for all these kids right. their entire life. Right? You know, we've had the same set of rules since we're in Pee Wee all the way mm-hmm. up into the NFL, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, especially with the scoring, so it, it's just a, a little bit to get used to, but it, it is a lot of fun. You know.
1: Yeah, and and your Wade Phillips is the coach that's catching a yeah, lot of flack sure. right now. Um, and I after a touchdown, there's three options. Correct. Yes. You go from. If you go the ball the 1 yard line it's worth 1 point. You yep. go for it and there's no PATs. No. That's not even an option. Your three options are go for it for from the 1 for 1 point, the 2 yard line for 2, or what is it? 3 points from the 5? I think so. I believe and, so. And all the metrics tell you go for 2. Yeah. Go for 2.
2: Yeah. No, and at four and a half points, I feel really comfortable laying this number with Wade Phillips, Led Roughnecks, like you said, who are a complete team, and I I would put a future on them to win the XFL Ooh. right now. I just think they're the best team out there. Uh, sorry to my battle hawks, but uh, <laughs> Houston looks like they're the best team in the XFL. Do you have
1: a line on a future uh, at
2: all? I can find one. Uh,
1: well, I, I was going to ask you if you had a parlay play for the team.
2: i I don't. Uh, not no, on XFL. Not yet? Not I'm yet. saving
1: my parlays for... The UFC. Ooh, okay, I like that. Well, and you probably will come out with a parlay. You're not going to be able to help yourself. So people just need to tune into our Twitter handle. Yeah, there you go. Maybe watch a YouTube short. Yep. Uh, and you might have a parlay play for them. Come Saturday, come Sunday. Just gonna have to stay tuned. Houston Roughnecks
2: plus 300 to win the XFL. I think it's a good bet. Battlehawks go. right behind them at three uh, 375.
1: All right. I'm not gonna argue that. No. Nope. You know, we're only three weeks in. From what we've seen. Uh, that seems like a pretty it's doable good value, type, good value. Of, type of future rate. Right so,
2: all righty, well,
1: let's take a minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. You've been drinking your Taco Vaso over there, of course, your light, crisp Mexican lager. I've been rocking the Pale Ale Cardinal as I always do. Nebraska Brewing Company, world class in every glass. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. and welcome back everybody to wtl where's line i'm your host andy class and joined by jabron oh the parlay pounder you got it you got it now we're getting back into your wheelhouse we got a super card to talk about here ufc 285 yeah Uh this one is
2: stacked andy yeah. and uh I don't know if I'm even the smartest one in the room anymore with UFC because, uh, yeah, hey, would you like to introduce no, our it, guest?
1: Hey, it's it's 285, I knew a guy that knew a guy, now I know the guy. You know the guy. We are talking about Shane Allgood out of Nebraska City. Uh, you carry some clout with you, do some training with some of these guys. Yeah, I got you know a some few. Of you? Yeah, you got,
0: he's <laughs> got a few. He's got <laughs> got a listen few, to says, this guy, yeah, yeah. listen
1: to this guy, total sharp over here. We're going to start with the undercard, right? Yeah. And you wanted to start with DDP, the South African, taking on the American, Derek Brunson. And Brunson is a plus 190 underdog. And I don't think I'm hearing too much of an argument (laughs) for that line.
2: Well, the whole thing about it is that Brunson is 39 going into this fight. He's an older fighter, but he Mm -hmm. still packs a punch. And I still think he's an elite level competitor in the UFC. So I don't. Dislike the line for him. I think Brunson definitely has a chance to win this. I would just like to hear your take on.
1: it. Well, Shane, he's the number five contender compared to DDP, who's the number ten contender yeah. right now in this weight class. So, I mean, what gives? Why is DDP such a a big favorite here at minus two twenty
0: five? I think a lot of it has to do with that he's only four fights in, yeah. four or five fights in on the UFC. Mm. So, I I think you know Brunson. My main concern with him is he's used the R word. He's talked about retirement. Yeah, and anytime oh. you get a guy, especially in this sport, that yeah. starts to use that word or throw it around, yeah, in, in, at thirty nine, yeah, are kind of going, ah, uh, you know, if your last name's not Tashera, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. probably going to bet go against over? you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's he's got amazing power, mm-hmm. and he's a formidable wrestler. His grappling's very good, but DDP has an amazing guillotine. Yes, I mean a fantastic guillotine, and you can't sleep on you can't get lazy you can't get tired. So, and and he's got power. He's yes. a very good striker, so yes. if he lights him up and Brunson decides to go to the ground, yeah, it, that's not good for Brunson. No, not at it's all. Not good so, at all. I would take DDP. Yeah, that's,
2: the that's the great. only thing here that DDP does get sloppy at some points, yes. just because you know he's kind of younger and everything. And the American has lights out power. I still like DDP in this one. So. We are on the same track on this one.
1: Let's go three for three. I'm just going to agree with you guys. I don't <laughs> want to start this, show off, yeah. this segment off wrong. I like it. And There's no way I'm going against Shane. All good, man. Yeah. All good. All good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move up on that undercard here. Jones from Guam taking on Garbrandt. Garbrandt? Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt. From yeah. the American, and he is the minus 170 odds-on favorite.
2: Yeah, Cody Garbrandt's career has fallen so far. Since he was the Bantam title holder in 2016, mm-hmm. in seven of in seven years since that, he's fought just six times and only won once. Uh, all those, Ouch. all but one of those defeats came by knockout. Jeez. and you know it says a lot that he's only a small favorite against a less proven fighter. Uh, on you know a three bout losing skid on Saturday, but I think this is a I think the UFC is kind of trying to prop him up for a win here.
1: I I, I don't know if that's you know Jones has only got a thirteen to nine overall yeah. record. I mean you sitting there at about five hundred. He's one thirty five. Uh, your guy's one thirty five. What gives here, Shane?
0: Well, I think the big statistic is uh, Jones only has three knockouts. Yeah. So I mm. think that's where the UFC's kind of giving him a bone. And let me look at the camera and say I'm a huge no-love fan. <laughs> <laughs> <A> huge <laughs> no-love fan. <laughs> but, but since he put on that master clinic against uh, Dominic, yeah, it, it's just been downhill. It and, has And been. a lot of it's been self-inflicted. He didn't have to fight... Uh, Dillashaw the way he fought. No, Dillashaw. he did not. <laughs> he let emotion come into that. Whereas Dominic let emotion come into his fight. Agreed. With uh, no uh, Garbrandt. Yes. And so he got clipped. And, yeah. and here's my concern is, I don't know that time fixes your chin. And no. That, mm. I know that Jones doesn't have a huge punch, but it's like you know Kai Kara France was a much smaller fighter for sure. <laughs> but you also cut a lot of weight, and sometimes that makes you a little more susceptible to yeah. right. But I, I will tell you, I, I'm going to take Garbrandt because I think he's got the power to end okay. this fight. Yeah. But I will tell you, I will not be shocked if if his if his chin is gone. Yeah. It's just gone. I mean, there's there's not a lot he can do about it. But mm. I wish he'd go back to. He, he fell in love with his boxing. I think it's because of his uncle or his. I can't remember his uncle yeah. or his
2: dad. So, uh, one of his family members. Yeah, yeah. fantastic a boxer. Coach. Yeah, okay.
0: But his background is he's an amazing, amazing grappler, yes. and we don't see it. And and I like if you're gonna. Maybe try to repair your chin. Yeah, yeah, go to your grappling.
1: Get back. Get yeah. back to what got you to this spot here.
0: And yeah. I
2: even think, even with a loss here, the UFC is likely still going to promote this guy, just because yes. I think he has such a following, such a brand. He's you know he's one of the most known fighters, just you know by appearance, and he's only thirty one still. So he he does have a chance to turn this tide, and I think this is the first you know the first. Fight in that no love redemption story. So give me Cody Garbrandt as well.
1: His official record is still pretty good in the UFC. Yeah. I mean, it's just that he's lost the last, what do you guys say, three, four fights. I yeah. mean, overall, he's 12 and five. He, that's a great professional
0: record. It really is. Let's also not forget there was a gentleman that we all know, the Bronx, Yeah, was on a skid. He lost mm-hmm. a lot of fights. He mm-hmm. wasn't doing great. Yeah. He put good it back point. together. And Garbrandt's got a fantastic team in Alpha Male. Yes, he and, does. You know, Uriah Faber, if someone could turn you around and get you going again, that's, that's him. The guy. That's yep. him.
1: Agreed. All right. Should we move up to the main card? Let's do it. On the main event. Yeah. We got the number seven contender hailing out of Poland. Gamrot. Yeah. He is the minus two fifteen favorite over Jalen Turner, who is also a top ten contender, number ten there, hailing from the United States. He's at a plus one eighty five. So nothing too far out of line there.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I love Gamrot. We talk about him on the show mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um He heads into this weekend's fight following a unanimous decision loss to Daroosh at UFC 280, which, you know, Daroosh is one of the best in the business. It's only (laughs) one of his two losses. It's only one of his two losses, you know. (laughs) Uh, Before that loss, Gamrod had rattled off four consecutive victories, like we were just saying, finishing three of those opponents, two by TKO, one by submission. Um, I just think that this might be a little bit too much for Jalen Turner a little too early. It looks that way. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree
0: with that. But the one thing is Jalen's young. He's, yeah. He's surging. I mean, you, you look at this, he's got a TKO, a submission, a submission, yeah. a TKO, a submission. This guy is riding. It, it reminds me a lot of um, Teixeira's last fight. There you go. You know, Hill coming yeah. in, riding so much confidence. Yeah. Did yeah. he have it? I, I honestly believe Teixeira was probably still a better fighter. Mm-hmm. But Hill was so confident. And so... I'm gonna go with Gamrot because I think he can in his head put it like, okay, yeah, I lost to Darius, but I mean, there's no no shame in that. He's 21 and two.
1: He's 21 and two as a UFC pro here. And as far as the experience goes, Turner might be on a heater, but he's only 13 and five.
2: Yeah, agreed, Andy. And but. The one thing that I look at, Turner, that he has a real shot in this fight is his pace. His pace is so fast. Uh, he he, uh, he nearly doubles Gamrot's significant strikes per minute, 6.48 versus 3.26. So this guy yeah, yeah. comes after you, and
0: he comes at you furious and fast. Absolutely right. I, I will say one thing, though— um with uh, Gamrot, the Sarukian fight, yeah, he was able to take that to a decision. Yeah. I mean, So I think if he can handle him and take him to a decision, mm-hmm. take Dariush, I, I think if he can put that one in the rear view, I really think that he can he can slow this fight down and he can fight at his pace.
1: I'm kind of surprised neither of you guys have brought up, to me, something that jumps off at the paper, and that's Turner is 6'3". Gamrot's only 5'10". Yeah. Seven-inch reach advantage for the American here. It's just it's not going to play in this one or what?
0: I think it always plays. It the always business. plays. Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing with with um, with Turner. He, he, like you said, his pace sometimes leaves him open, leaves yeah. him sloppy. Mm. And a guy like Gamera, I'm tell- I mean, this guy He'll before shoot. the Darius yeah. fight, it was like, man, this is the guy to watch. This is. But again, Benil, I mean, there's no shame in losing to that guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to look at here and get your kind of take on on this fight on the main card here. It's a plus 115 to go over two and a half rounds, so that would mean it's plus money to actually finish the fight of the three-round bout. Do you think that's a good bet? Can it make it that far, or do you think one of these fighters ends it before that?
0: Well, it depends on how you're looking at yeah, it. Yeah. If, you're looking at, if you're looking at it for Turner, then you're saying this isn't going the distance. I mean, here. he's yes. one for round one, round two, round one. Um, he comes out, like you said, at incra- a crazy pace, yeah. puts it on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it goes – I think it could go to the distance because I do think Gamrot is, is so – at his fighter IQ. Yeah. Not, not, not taking a Just shot Just technical. Turner, but his yeah. fight IQ is so high. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I think he's going to have a great game plan. Like I said, you take Darius and you beat Sarkurian. Yeah. I'm going to butcher that again. It's, it's all European. good. It's all good. Uh, but you take them to a decision. Yeah. What mm-hmm. says – there's nothing that tells me you can't take this guy to a decision. You survive round one. Yeah. Wear him down round two. Get there. I, I really think it will. No, Finish I totally
2: out. agree, and I love that you said that because that was my best bet of this fight. Ooh. Is it? It's plus money, and I really think that Gamrot is – the smarter fighter, the more technical fighter, and will be able to dodge that first round by Jalen Turner trying to come and knock him out in that first round. And Gamrot will kind of coast to victory in rounds two and three. So I really like Gamrot to win this fight, and I really like over two and a half at the plus 115.
1: And this is a lightweight bout against a couple of top ten contenders in that weight class You really think the book's just been written on Turner and he can't change gears at all? He's just going to – that's who he is. He's going to come out so aggressive like that? Well, I think this is – Even if everyone's sitting on it waiting for it? Well,
2: I just think this is his first, like, real, real big fight. You know what I mean? And this is the one to prove, and I just think he's going to be so amped up for it that Gamrod's going to have such a good defense against him surging Mm. so early that I I just think it's going to be – I think Turner's going to be – Whiffing by two and three, you mm. know, uh, trying to get that knockout still. And I think Gamrat will have a very good defense for that.
0: And this is a great learning moment, I think, for Turner now. Agreed. Listen, if you're going to take it upset, on this card. Yeah. It might be Turner knocking him out, for catching sure. him, clipping okay. him. Okay. But what I would say is I think Turner's going to learn from this. And like you said, you know, they always say a Zebra can't change its stripes or whatever. <laughs> he, he, right now, there's no reason for him to change his pace and his reckless sometimes as he yeah. comes yeah. in. Because it's it's working and he's, he's surging right now. Yeah. But I think after fighting a guy like Gamrot, he's going to look at it and say, okay, at the top level, maybe I need to become a little more technical. Yeah. Maybe I Pull need to have reins. a little better game yeah. plan. So that that's how I see this fight. And like you just said, uh, we're
2: not close enough to Saturday yet to see you know the lines for knockout and submission stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you're on Turner, we're not telling you not to pick him. Look at that win by
1: KO because that's how he's going to do it if he wins. <laughs> that's the bet. That's the bet. That's the bet. And you got to think that's going to be a plus money. You just heard the Big horn there. plus money. That means we're up against it, and I like the plus money bets. For sure. Especially if I'm doing UFC, right? There you go. All right, before we let everyone go, let's take a quick minute to recognize one of our fabulous partners, and that is the Nebraska Brewing Company. World class in every glass. What do you think? We need to run it back, right? We still got a lot of this main card left. We got three more fights on the main Mm -hmm. card, and maybe
2: a little parlay play. A little
1: parlay play. What do you think of that change? I like it. I like it. (laughs) You're going to stick around, aren't you? Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. This is WTL. Welcome back, everybody, to WTL. Where's the line? I'm your host, Andy class, and joined by Jabron, oh, <laughs> the
2: parley
1: Pounder. You got it, and we
2: might have one for you at the end of this
1: segment. I think we 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 have to. We it's have Uf- to. It's UFC 285, and we got to finish strong. Yeah, we got Shane Goodman. It's all good, it's man. All good man. Back in the studio to yeah. talk a little more UFC. We got the three main fights on the three main card. Remaining here. And for all those watching on the YouTube channel, gotta give him some more. Give him some some more. more.
2: You always gotta give him some more, Nebraska Brewing Company. That's Uh, right. Yeah, no, we're gonna start with Neil versus Rachmaninoff, Andy. And uh, this is a huge fight. Uh, He's a huge favorite. Yeah, I mean, he is. This is nine versus seven in welterweight. Uh and yeah, but Rakhmonov is a huge favorite at a minus 490 right now, Andy. And uh with good reason, obviously. Kakistan. Yeah. Kakistanian. Kazakistan yeah. Kazakhstan. <laughs> uh, but like we've been saying, there's no, you know, there's no doubt or denying that UFC 285 is one of the most stacked cards that Absolutely. we've seen in a in in a, in a recent, you know, pay-per-views or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh I I just love both of these fighters. I mean, he's
1: uh, 16-0 Rachmaninoff. Yeah,
2: the hype around Rachmaninoff, Andy, is building after a submission victory over Neil Magny uh, back in June. Keep in mind, Magny is one of uh, is the one who handed Neil his most recent loss. So I think that's a really big player into this line
1: right now with Rachmaninoff being such a uh, big favorite. Yeah, Shane, and both these guys are coming
0: off wins. So, I mean, should this line be as lopsided as it is? Well, I, I mean, here's the case I would make for it not being so lopsided. I mean, he's only coming off of a win, Neil. was only coming off a win over Vicente Luque. Yeah. I mean, that's all he did. Okay. Uh, That—that—that's a—that's a big win. Yeah, I could have knocked him out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, you know, Magny has beat Neil, mm-hmm. and and Rockmanov has beat Magny. Yeah. But one thing to consider is Rockmanov has not gone deep. He, you know, since he's come to the UFC, it's two yeah. second round, first round. Yeah. And if you go back, Bil- Bilal Muhammad, his yes, last loss mm-hmm. is from Neil. Yes, Neil Neil's the last one to get him. Okay. So my my argument would be, if he gets past the round one or two, what happens in that third round? Ah. So there's there's why I think it shouldn't be that big. Yep. But here's what I will say: having taken out Neil Magny in two rounds and watching that fight, there is no way I'm going against him. Yeah. It, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> but what I I just don't think it should be such a huge discrepancy yeah. because is Neil one. is an absolute stud and his um, IQ super high. Plus three
1: ninety is what Neil's at right now. Line that I'm looking at here, um, and that's not given him much respect at all here. No, what, I, I mean that's. That's not a good line for
2: me. Yeah, him. no, and it, it it's probably one of the b- better, you know, value plays because obviously Neil has a chance to win this fight, like we've been saying, mm-hmm. but there's no way that I'm going against Rachmaninoff either. Uh, I see that the total rounds is split right down the middle at one fif- minus 115, over-under sit there at one and a half rounds. Mm-hmm. The way that we're I'm kind of leaning is that under, just because I think Rachmaninoff, Rachmaninoff might get him out of there early, maybe in the
0: first, uh, first round. The only reason I'll go against that, yeah, is he's fought Steven Wonderboy. There you Wonderboy's go. Wonderboy's a fantastic striker. Yes, a, absolutely one of the most creative strikers, mm-hmm. and didn't take one of Neil the best out. To do it, yeah. and then he's taken Luke out here in this last fight. So I think he can get him into yeah. the second. I think he can get him into the third, but I still think Rachmaninoff is so talented 16 and 0 uh, on his professional uh ufc career yeah he's got submissions as well as ko's so i mean could he take him out in in the round round and a half absolutely do i think he will i just don't think so neil's neil's tough that's what that's what i was going to ask
1: you shane um because you guys are really good and you're really good in understanding okay he's a grappler
0: he's a striker you're saying the rock here just kind of has it all His bag is full. He does. I mean, you look at his his, last—he's four fights in. Yeah. Well, okay, he hasn't gone the distance. But, okay, Mm -hmm. some people will say he was fighting in, what was it, M1 and some some others. But you look at—in the UFC, I mean, it's submission guillotine choke, rear naked choke. That's what he does. Spinning— Hook kick. Yeah. Spinning hook kick. Ah, yes, the spinning hook kick. I would take myself <laughs> out if I attempted that. Move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With no one else involved. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do. I think he's so ultra-talented. Yeah. I think he pulls this off. But I do think Neil takes him into deep water, and we're going to find out what he's made of. Heck, yeah. And, yeah, one tidbit that I was going to add on this is that, uh, like you said,
2: Rachmaninoff, he owns an 8-0 and professional record in fights decided by submission. So... Once he gets closer to fight time, look at that plus money at Rachmaninoff by submission. I think it might be a good sneaky play there because he just seems to know how to win fights that – He's never seen that the scorecards. Yeah,
0: he's never seen the scorecards. The guy is a finisher, yeah. so and he's cool. I mean, you watch him weigh in and stuff. The guy does not get rattled. No, but neither does Neil. He's cool. He's cool. He's, he's, he's smooth. All right, let's
1: move up to yeah. the women's flyweight title bout. This Good is do it. the night's first title bout. We got the number six contender in the world, hailing out of Mexico, Alexa Grasso, taking on the Bullet and the champ and the champ. Wow, huge, huge favorite, minus six ten. Yikes. Yeah, Valentin Shevchenko, the bullet, Andy.
2: Uh She's just the best in the biz. Uh, That's all there is to it. She has the belt. She has the belt. She's defended it so many times. Uh I, I just don't see this going any other way. And like you said, at that minus minus six twenty, six ten, wherever you find it at, that's not very good value in this fight. The only place you're going to find value, Andy, is when you go – Uh, Look at the odds for Shevchenko to win this by knockout, which I believe will happen. And that's sitting at a plus 175 right now, which I like a lot. So that plus 175 for Shevchenko to knock her out, I believe, is the way to go. But I would like to uh,
0: hear some points uh, from our friend here. Yeah, Shane, what do you got? I I can't disagree. I mean, uh, Shevchenko is probably one of the most creative strikers. She's fast. Yeah. Um She can also grapple. So here's one thing. You've got the pride of Mexico is what she wants to go. become on okay. the uh, opposite side with Grasso. Right. And you, we've seen Moreno and these guys, mm-hmm. and, and and they live to fight. Unfortunately, I think that's going to be her downfall because her stand-up is what's actually pretty good. For sure. And uh, Shevchenko's just lights out in the yeah. striking. Illy. And, and yeah. I think that's a silly place to want to take her on. Yeah. I think the last fight... Uh, and not to take anything away from Santos, she's she's fantastic. I think it I think it woke Shevchenko up. I think she got maybe a little little relaxed. Yeah, a little relaxed. I think it's their tenth title defense, or yeah, this will be your eleventh. Yeah, yeah. Twenty
1: three and three
2: for a career record. <laughs> in and the look UFC. at those losses. They're and, to the best people <laughs> in the entire world.
0: One's Amanda a doctor's Nunez. stoppage, mm-hmm. and then the only other two were only two. You know, a woman named Amanda Nunes. I mean, oh, who she? Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Just the that, best that fighter one. of all yeah, time. Okay. Yep. And Shevchenko yep. went up to fight her. Of,
1: of oh, course. Okay. Yeah. This is the flyweight title yes. bout here. All right. Well, I think we're all in agreement there that Grasso yeah. is grasping for straws at this one, <laughs> and the line would kind of lead you that way. Yeah.
2: No. Definitely look at those ways by by victory for Shevchenko if you think she'll do it by knockout if she does it by submission look at those plus money bets because those are where you're going to find the value
1: all right let's move on to the heavyweight title bail that everybody's talking about the return of the king yes John Jones the American slight favor here minus 155 over the Frenchman gone the number one contender in the world Gibran how you leaning the goats back the Goat is back. enough said. He's up. He's going up in weight class.
2: <laughs> I mean, obviously, there, you know, obviously, there's questions about Jones. He hasn't fought since two thousand and nineteen. He might have lost that last fight to Dominic Reyes, but got the, you know, pushed by the judges., uh, you know, I, it's hard for me to go against Jones, and I'm trying to bet with my head, not my heart on this one. Mm-hmm. But I just think he's an overall better fighter than Cyril Gon. And I, I'm going to back John Jones.
0: Shane? Yeah. I mean the goat now weighs what? 250, 260 pounds. 240 is what he's yeah. listed okay. at. Can can we all admit that that is terrifying? Oh, my God. most terrifying pounds. person in the history of the world. And he's still got, what, a four inch reach advantage over John? Yes. yes, And
1: he's yep. a way better striker. 84 obviously. and a half to 81 is what the, the guy listed on the tape. Yeah. Well,
0: and you look at, you know, this isn't, this might be the most scary guy that he's fought, but yeah. Tiago Santa, Santos mm-hmm. was an absolute savage when John fought him. And John only blew out both of his knees with those oblique kicks and yes. all that. You know, I mean, just tore him up. And he's never been the same since. But one thing to think about with, when you remember Cyril, uh, Thirteen and zero yeah. as a as a muay thai or kickboxing. I yep. can't remember which mm-hmm. one, but mm-hmm. with like nine knockouts, the guy moves incredibly well for a heavyweight. Yeah, what I think the difference here is Francis was able to take him down and control him. Yes, if it, if if John gets clipped, his his grappling is so much better. It's yep. so much better, and all around, John is just a complete fighter. He's 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 a freak of nature. He's so athletic. He's but so lengthy. John wants to be on his feet, doesn't he? I, I, that's the yeah he has to be on he his has feet. to be on his feet or he's done yeah, yeah. it's over but he's got a, he's behind on the reach and yeah, I mean I I mean he's at plus one thirty five so he's not a big dog here oh yeah, definitely this isn't not a big underdog De- definitely not this is an interim champion that
2: his only losses to Francis Ngannou which is the best in the sport before he you know stepped down so yeah Gon shouldn't be a huge underdog here especially with all the question marks with John Jones but like you just said that grappling for John Jones is just so far superior. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way, you know, it's a much safer than his stand-up has been in recent years for him. It's a way for him to win fights, and he really doesn't want to lose this fight. This is his, you know, comeback. This is his, you know, legacy fight in the heavyweight division. He wants to win this first one in the heavyweight for sure to cement that he's the best in both divisions. Forget about it. And forget about it. So where you want to look at a little bit of value and i keep saying this but look at those submission right now john jones win by submission as a plus 750 right now Ooh. that is huge value there that would be only betting 100 to receive $750 back uh, in your pocket, and I really like John Jones by that way of winning because uh, it can happen very easily.
0: Shane, are you going to push back on that? No, I'm not going to push back, and I'll tell you why. His new training camp it only is with a gentleman by the name of Henry Cejudo. <laughs> I mean, what do you you think Henry's out there teaching him Muay Thai and kickboxing? No, this <laughs> is a great grappling, super high level IQ on the yep. grappling and the submissions and stuff. No, I think that's great, a great way for it to finish, and I think that's the way John. I mean, I think John would like to knock him out, but I think it's going to be. I
1: just kind of feel like you guys made the argument that Gon is not gonna he's not gonna wanna go to the mat. So he's gonna wanna stay on his feet, so he's not gonna allow that to happen. If he has to string it off for three rounds or five rounds in a title, right, then he's gonna do that. But you're saying John Jones is just so good he's gonna eventually get him down. Well the whole thing about it is there's no holes in John Jones game. If he wants to
2: stand up with him, he's gonna get caught at some point and have to go to the ground. So Mm. I believe this gets to the ground no matter what. Even if Cyril gets John Jones on the ground, uh, it could flip quick. <laughs> it could flip quick.
0: And you're not going to fluster Jones. No. We, we've right. seen it. He's he's fought murderer's row. He's patient. When I mean, you look at that and all those guys, yeah. No, nah, this is, I think it's going to be a submission or he's going to cut him up real bad with yep. elbows on the ground. And yep. Yeah.
1: It's just like the book, The Return of the King. The right? Return of the King. Okay.
0: Unless he got old. Everybody <laughs> gets old, old in this. Everybody thing. gets old. Everybody's cheating. I like that. He looks just, good though. <laughs> yeah, you usually hear stories in training camps of that. We haven't heard any of that. just, yeah. just slide that in there like a side of fries. I <laughs> yep, agree.
1: Now do you got a parlay play here? You've been keeping everybody on the edge yeah. of their seats here. No, I do. Let's and it's it ponder. about three
2: fights that we just talked about. I'm starting with DDP to win at a minus two thirty, a Cody Garbrandt at minus one seventy five, and then taking the GOAT, John Jones. Just money line at minus 165, putting 25 on this to bring back 75, Andy. Very good value, not a lot to spend, and I think all three are
1: likely to happen. Sounds like money in the bank, doesn't it, Shane? I like it. <laughs> I like it too. So that'll do it for us this week. Be sure to follow us on ESPN Tri Cities Radio on their Facebook. Uh, handle Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel as we got feature-length videos, shorts, and weekly picks that we throw out on TikTok. Have a lot of fun with that, don't we? For sure. And yeah, everybody uh, that's been, you know, tuning into the YouTube, the TikTok, Mm -hmm. the
2: Twitter, we really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun making those videos. And, uh, you know
1: it's just a lot of fun so keep doing that and we'll keep pushing out the content for you guys yes we will and shane did you have a good time absolutely we had a fantastic time with you uh, we really like your insight there and i hope our uh, listing base does uh, you gotta assume they will they will our listeners love ufc and we got one of the best in the studio right here so for shane Allgood, jabron the parlay pounder i'm Andy Klassen. thanks folks for listening this has been wtl